Hey guys, welcome to the Raising Deaf Kids podcast. And today I have the best chat, one of my favorites yet. We're talking to Sarah Ulsher of Mighty and Bright. And we're talking all about visual schedules. So her company, Mighty and Bright, creates visual schedules with the best, most high quality with magnets that have reusable stickers. And we are going to talk all about like what a visual schedule is, what it is, what it does for your family and how it helps. And I am literally not kidding when I say that this is a game changer in our family. Like it changed the communication in our family literally overnight when I started implementing a visual schedule for my kids daily routine. So Sarah and I are going to talk all about it today. And to tell you a little bit more about Sarah, after surviving a divorce and cancer all before she turned 35, Sarah is also a mom and an author illustrator. And Sarah took the lessons she learned about helping kids through major life changes and wrote a book. And then she wrote another book and then another book. And now she has 11 picture books under her belt. And she's the founder of Mighty and Bright, a company that helps kids and adults understand and manage their lives more easily using magnetic visual schedules. Sarah was also chosen as a 2023 Remarkable Woman by Nextstar Media. And she really is. We had such a great conversation. She really understands, you know, kids and helping kids through major life changes. And yes, spoiler alert, she also has magnetic boards for adults that help us kind of take our mental load and put it on this, you know, visual schedule so that we don't like have to think about it as well. And, you know, also she has a daughter who has hearing aids, which we talk a little bit too. So she's also part of our community, which I love. So go ahead, maybe grab a paper and pen, definitely grab some coffee because you're going to want to hear all about this and you're going to come away with a lot of tactical ways to start implementing a visual schedule in your home today. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Hey, Mama. Welcome to Raising Deaf Kids. Do you want more ease in your daily life? Do you want to help your child learn language faster but have no idea where to start? Do you find yourself searching for how to learn sign language and best ways to practice speech goals? Hey, I'm Elaine. I'm a mom of three littles, two of whom are deaf. I remember when I received the hearing loss diagnosis for our child, there were so many decisions and information overload. I lacked clarity and confidence and yearned for ease and balance in our lives. It was then I discovered strategies to support our kids' language development at home, and I even helped them learn language faster. I can't wait to share it all with you. So put down that to-do list, close out that ASL app for now, and let's get started. Hey, fellow mom, I just wanted to hop on real quick and invite you to join me in a one-on-one, one-hour language strategy session. So this session will help you find more time to practice those speech therapy goals in your day. It will also help you find clarity on what exactly you're supposed to be practicing and how you can practice it. And basically anything else you need. So you tell me what you want to work on for an hour. And that is what we do in this one hour language strategy session. 
And honestly, I really wish I had this level of custom coaching available to me when I was earlier on in our journey with hearing loss with our kids, which is why I want to help you now. So I have five spots available for free. So click the link in the show notes that goes to my Calendly calendar and sign up for your one hour of free coaching. If you have questions, then send me an email or jump into our Facebook community and ask me the question there. And I'll be happy to chat with you before you sign up. I cannot wait to help you with language with your child. And I cannot wait to see you sign up and meet with you one-on-one in our coaching. All right. Welcome to the Raising Deaf Kids podcast. And today I have such a fun and special guest. I'm so excited to welcome Sarah Ulsher onto the podcast. And her brand is Mighty and Bright. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to have you. And as I was like telling you before this, and as our audience is going to see, I'm really excited because I've been using your products that you make with my kids and it like transformed my home within like a day. Like I'm not kidding (laughs) with my five-year-old especially. So I'm really excited to talk to parents about like what you offer and like how that can help them in like communication with their whole family, really. And so I would like to first just go ahead and let you introduce yourself to the listeners and just tell them, you know, a little bit about you and kind of like what your products are. Awesome. Yeah. So I started my business, I'm going on my 11th year, which I kind of can't believe. What happened was my daughter was 18 months old and I was going through a divorce and she was very anxious and I could not figure out why. And now actually the timeliness of of finding out she actually has hearing loss as well. And that probably was a big reason why she was anxious at the time because I had taken her to daycare and she probably couldn't hear what was going on. And that was really stressful. But at the time, I did not know that she had a hearing loss. And I thought it was all related to the divorce. And she had really bad separation anxiety. She was very attached to me. And I couldn't figure out what to do to help her. And so I took her to a child therapist who specialized in toddlers. And we were going through the whole process. And I still wasn't sure, like nothing was really helping. And then the therapist went on vacation. And she took out this like construction paper calendar and she started showing my daughter, normally you see me on this day, but you're not going to see me on this day. You're going to see me on this day instead. And she was just using like Dora the Explorer stickers. And I thought as we were driving home, like, why is this helpful? And so I asked that therapist and she said, it's because it like really erodes trust between a child and a therapist if they don't understand you know, what's going on and no one talks about it. And I thought, here, we've been going through this divorce. We went from me being a work at home mom and her just being at home all the time to now she's going and seeing her dad some days. She's in daycare. She like, her life is chaos. Like, why are we not showing her like her life if it it erodes trust between a therapist to skip one week? So when we got home, I created this, I'm an illustrator and I had drawn our whole family. So I created these magnets out of the drawings that I I had done of our family. And I put them on this like janky (laughs) calendar that I created and it completely transformed her anxiety overnight. I mean, I, I really could not believe it. So I started Googling. I was like, 
is anybody else talking about this? Like sharing like visual calendars with kids or co-parenting, like any of it, nobody was talking about it. And so I thought, well, if this helped my kid, it could potentially help a lot of other kids. So I needed a creative outlet and I created a co-parenting calendar and like was hand making magnets and just put it on the internet. And over time it became, you know, really popular, which was really cool. I didn't do any advertising for it. It was just kind of something I did on the side. And then when my daughter was six, I was diagnosed with cancer and I realized that divorce is just like the tip of the iceberg as far as how difficult life can be. And that anytime a parent is going through something, the kids are affected as well. And when you're in a time of really serious stress, you know, it's really hard to be a good parent and show up for your kids. And then on top of that, you've got all this guilt. So I created a calendar for kids to understand a parent's uh, cancer treatment. And then I wrote my first book, which explained cancer to kids because what was out there was not, I, kids are really smart. They can understand way more than we give them credit for. And I just felt like the books that were out there about cancer were like these weird analogies or there's these stories about like how cancer hates it when you hug or, you know, like all these different things that I was like, can we please just explain what the heck is going on? And so now it's the number one bestseller in, in the kids cancer space. And it was the first of what is now 11 books that I've done. So, but my main business, Mighty and Bright is visual schedules and it has become this like big thing because as time has gone on, I've learned that there's so many more types of people that can benefit from seeing their schedule visually and for having things broken down into like little steps. So we have things for kids, we have things for adults, we have things for people who are just like going through everyday life and people who have lots of stress and kids that are in foster care and adults with ADHD who are trying to like you know, divide labor between the adults and their household. So it's turned into this huge thing and it's really, really fun. And yeah, so that that's about it. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all of that. I really appreciate you sharing your story. And I love that you also like created these other books to explain other things in kids' lives, because I agree kids are super smart and it's all about like the communication and the way you tell them and they just want to know what's going on. And you're right. They feel more secure. And, you know, when books and things, when, when we try to make it like too flowery or weird, it just like confuses them more. Mm -hmm. Right. Sometimes it's better to just tell them what's going on. Yes. It's like, we're afraid that kids can't handle it or something, but it's worse if they're confused. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. You know? There was one book before I have a kid's book for kids with pediatric cancer. And one of the things that made me write that book was that I was someone who had a son with a brain tumor said that what the book that he was given was about a child with a brainstorm. And then every time there was like bad weather outside, he was scared. I'm like, you guys, can we just explain what's yeah. actually happening? Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. And that is something that I think about 
a lot with my kids and especially, you know, when we're talking about kids who have hearing loss, communication is so important. And like with my kids, like I tell them what's going on in the day every step of the way, because kids won't tell you, they'll just like act out. And you'll be like, why are they acting this way? They won't tell you like that they are afraid or anxious because they don't know what's going to happen. Because, you know, despite what we think as parents and despite like the behavior that our kids show us, they actually do want a routine and they want to know that you as the adult are in charge and you know what's going on and they like want to be told what to do, mm-hmm. you know, because they are not emotionally developed, you know, a four-year-old versus like a 40-year-old is, you know, not as emotionally developed. And when we think, oh, they can regulate this and that, well, they can't because they haven't learned it yet. And because right. it's not developmentally appropriate for them to like regulate their emotions very well yet because they're kids. And so, you know, they're just going to like get upset or act out, you know, and really it's that they're nervous or anxious because they don't know what's going to come next. And they don't mm-hmm. know that the adult is in charge and they think they're in charge. And that actually That's like scary. makes them nervous. Yeah. Despite like how they act. <laughs> Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they don't act say, like that and they won't tell you that. <laughs> no, they just, they just, yeah, they just act out. I will say one of the things that has, that is the most helpful for kids that are, you know, if you're in a power struggle with kids is to give them like a visual routine chart and be like, these are all the things that we need to do, i.e. I'm in charge. And you and I are going to sit through this and you can decide some of the things here. Like you can decide what order you're going to do these things in. So then they feel like a sense of power. They feel a sense of control. However, they also know like, okay, my parents got this. Like we, this is all going to be okay. It, It makes a really big difference. Yeah, it does. And, you know, that is something that I've noticed too. It's, using a visual schedule has cut down on like tantrums or acting out in my house because it's also kind of like a third party neutral source telling them what to do. (laughs) If that makes sense. It's not necessarily like me saying you have to brush your teeth. You have to blah, blah, blah. It's like, let's go look at the schedule. Oh, the Mm -hmm. schedule says this is what we do next. And then they're like, oh, okay. And, and how much do better it. does that make your life too? Cause you're yeah. not just like constantly nagging. Yeah, definitely. Well, and I would like to go ahead in case parents don't know what a visual schedule is, because honestly, I, it took me like my oldest is eight, my middle is five. And it took me this, this long to implement it. And I'm like, why did I not do this sooner? Even though like our therapists and stuff were telling me like for my five-year-old that we should implement this because he is like nonverbal. And he Mm -hmm. doesn't hear as well, even with his cochlears. And so he signs in sign language, you know, but we're still learning sign. He's still learning signs. So sometimes there's still like a communication gap, Mm -hmm. although we're getting better at it. And he uses a visual schedule at school. When his teachers use, they use sign language, but they use all types of visuals. And they've been doing that for a while since like preschool. And they were like, you need to do this. And I just like didn't 
I was busy, whatever. Yeah. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand like how it would, it would work. It would help, you know, so I would love to explain. And now like I have friends who have kids and no one has ever heard of a visual schedule or used it before. So I would yeah. really like to do step one and tell parents if they don't what know and they're not, you know, they uh -huh. have never heard this before. What is a visual visual schedule and how do we use it? Sure. Okay. So I think of visual schedules as being two main charts. We have three at Mighty and Bright, and I'll explain the third one later. But I think most, most parents have heard of a routine chart. And so that is what we, we use a daily schedule. So a daily routine chart. And that basically has three lines on it. My morning, my evening, and then like the middle kind of like you know, more fluid because it depends on whether a kid is in school or not. Um, and it basically will visually display using illustrations and words what different things a child should be doing each day. Um, so the morning routine and the evening routine are usually really hard for both parents and kids because, you know, they don't want to do it. They don't want to, they would like to do what they want to do and not what they are needing to do. And so it incorporates all of the things from getting up and going potty and flushing the toilet um, to getting dressed, eating breakfast, all that. And then for the evening routine, you would visually display, okay, you know, we're going to have, you know, dinner, we're going to, after that, we're going to do like special time together. After that, you know, we're going to brush teeth, we're going to take a bath, etc. Read everything down to like reading books, etc. That way kids know what to expect. And the way that I've created these schedules is that they have these reusable stickers. So kids really love to put the stickers on, design their schedule, and then the stickers go onto these magnets. And so it's really satisfying for kids to pick up the magnets and move them. And, you know, when they're done with each part of that schedule, uh, they or that routine, they move it. And so because of that, it's really satisfying and kids really love it. We also have um, something called a stay on task bracelet, which is basically a slap bracelet from the eighties with like a, with like a magnetic thing on the top. And so kids can take the magnets off the schedule, put it on the bracelet and then walk around, you know, while they're doing that, that part of their chore and then replace it on the chart when they're done with it. So that is the main you know, routine chart that I think a lot of parents have heard of. But then the second step is showing them their week. So most kids are like, first off, depends on their, you know, their developmental level. A lot of them don't even understand the concept of time. So it's really difficult for you to say, you know, oh, we're going on Friday. And you're, they're like, I don't know what that means. I you know, I have no concept of what that means. And so they just keep asking over and over and over again, when are we going to do that thing? I just told you we're going on Friday. That doesn't mean anything. Secondly, they're not developmentally able to keep that information in their head anyway. So even if they understand when Friday is, they're not going to remember it. And then they're going to keep asking. 
So we have a weekly calendar and it's the same sort of thing with the reusable stickers and the images and the words so that kids can understand which days are school days, you know, which when they're going to do different chores, when they're going to have play dates. We have a billion um, expansion stickers for sports and all kinds of things. So their entire life is represented on this calendar that they own because if they own it, they're going to like it more and then they are going to actually use it. And, you know, a lot of parents will have these like big, you know, charts on the wall with a, the entire month's calendar for the entire family. And kids are like not looking at it because they don't care about the cat's vet appointment and it's overwhelming for them to look at. So this is just one week at a time. And it's about creating a ritual in your family where Usually on Sundays, you will take that calendar off the wall and you'll put it together together. And then they can see what's going on in the upcoming week. They're participating in it. And then it gives them an opportunity to ask any questions that they might have about what's coming down the line and express any anxiety or excitement they have. And it really just becomes a beautiful part of, of your life where, I mean, I have people that bought these calendars six years ago that are still using it with their teens. It really forms healthy habits and it really is a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And yeah, I mean, I saw that like really within the first day that I put it in my home, it changed, especially like my five-year-old's behavior immediately. And he already recognized like how to use a visual schedule because they were doing it in school. But my question is for other parents, you know, when they get the schedule, I love that kids can like know their routine, also like participate in creating their routine, which helps mm -hmm. give them, like you said, ownership. So that they're kind of like more willing to do it because mm -hmm. it's not like a top down, like you're just telling them they, you know, are contributing like to the family or, yeah. you know, feeling like a big kid because they're able to like do their routine like by the, mm -hmm. themselves you know and yeah. understand like what goes into the routine because we also need to teach our kids like for when they become adults like these things need to happen during the day like you need to take a bath <laughs> mm -hmm. just like at yes. a basic level like you know yeah. you need you need to like brush your teeth that these things like do need to happen so it's also a way of like teaching and training our kids for yeah. adulthood which yeah starts now like it yes. doesn't start when they're like teenagers it starts when they're like one to two years old yes teaching and training them and it's a 18 19 year <laughs> process to get yes. them there you know it's not like oh you're 13 okay now like you need to go do all this stuff they should be taking on responsibilities a little bit at a time like all along mm -hmm. and more and yeah. more responsibilities as they get older so that's what I love about this is that you can help them and that they can also like participate in mm -hmm. the schedule and they kind of like have that ownership, which makes them, you know, feel like they are a part of the family and that the family is like a unit Yes. instead of just parents like telling you what to do all the time. Well said, but yes. I am curious, you know, when you're putting it together, because I know parents will ask this question, should parents kind of like teach their kids, you know, introduce a schedule to them and kind of like teach them how to use it at first? Yeah, I think I, my favorite way to do this is to start with both a, a routine chart and a weekly chart. I mean, it depends on the age, but that's usually helpful for any kid under, 
eight. Over eight, they might not need the routine. It depends on where they're at developmentally. But I I encourage parents to take both of them, like all the parts, take the whole box and say, I got something. It is really fun and it's for just for you. So let's sit down and put it together. It's got these really cute stickers. And so you can start with the daily one and you can say, you know, mornings and nighttime are just kind of hard sometimes. And, you know, I think that's part of because I'm always bossing you around and telling you what to do and you don't like it. And I don't like it either. And so what we're going to do is we're going to build out your, like with using these little stickers, all the things that you do in the mornings and in the evenings. And there's these little stickers and you can peel them off and you can put them on. And just like for a parent's point of view, I really care if things are cute and these are reusable stickers. So if the kid puts it on the magnet crooked, you can fix it. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, <laughs> so don't worry about that. Um, and so then, you know, you're you're going through it, you're discussing, you're looking at all of the different things and you can say to them, like, what do you think? Do we need to do all of these different things? Do you need to remember to flush the toilet or do you feel like you've got that? And then if they're like, no, I always flush the toilet and you know that they don't be like, well, why don't you put it on there, you know, just for now? And then if you don't need it later, you know, we can take it off. But I think it's cute. I want to put it on there. Is that okay with you? And they're like, oh, you know, and so you can just say like, okay, so first we're going to pick, you know, which ones you think you need. And now let's talk about the order you can put them in. Which order do you think? And, you know, they're saying, okay, well, I want to get dressed before I you know, take a shower. You're like, okay, well, that's a great idea. I, why did you want to do that? And they're like, well, because I love putting my pants on. It's like, well, don't you have to take them off again? If you're going to take a shower, maybe, maybe you might want to do that after you take the shower, you know, so you make it more of a conversation so that they feel like they really did participate in it rather than just setting it up when they're not there. And then, presenting it to them. You know, if you have a child that is, has ADHD or like has a hard time sitting still, you can do parts of this without them, but definitely like make sure that they're, they're incorporated into it. And like, they really do feel like they own it. And so then once you've done that routine chart, you can say, and now we also have one for the whole week. And this way you can see what's coming up next. Cause I know that bothers you. You can do this at the same time if they've got the attention span or if it's too much, you can do it a separate time. And then make sure that you put these things once they're created in a place where it makes sense for your child. I really like putting them on the refrigerator just because I feel like that is the center of the household. But if, if it's a routine chart, it might be better next to their bathroom or it might be better, you know, outside their bedroom, you know, somewhere where it makes sense and put it at their height. So they are the ones that can see it. And that is how I recommend setting it up. Yeah, I love that. You know, I was thinking um, a couple of things when you were talking. Number one, I love that the stickers are reusable. Also, because sometimes your routine changes, mm -hmm. right? Normally, it's the same, but maybe, you know, you're going, grandparents are coming to visit. And so that's going to change the routine a little bit. Or maybe you have like, you know, a special light thing you're doing that day. So that's going to change the routine mm -hmm. a little bit, too. So what I love is that this is adaptable because you can take the sticker off the magnet. You can put another sticker on. 
So mm-hmm. it's adaptable to like, you can set it up in the morning. Like what is our routine going to be, or even the night before going to be mm-hmm. today? Because yes. it's different. And so kids can still have that communication and they can still keep up with it and look and see, okay, this yeah. is what is happening today. So once again, there's no surprises. Um, yeah. And they have like the communication and the visual about, you know, what's coming, what is different for today, and then what's going to like continue happening. So I really love yes. that. And the stickers are so cute. And you did a great job because my kids, I, I was like, are they going to understand like the pictures and stuff? And they do. Mm-hmm. They understand yeah. all of them. I did not have to explain that to them at all. That's awesome. <laughs> so like, but you know, I think kids, especially like if they can't read yet, are you know they are naturally like super visual, and so that like makes sense for them, you know. And I will also say, you know, one of the things that I do, and this is kind of like how I understood it, at least for my family, is it it kind of teaches kids that you need to like accomplish one task before moving on to the next. Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah. let my kids move on to the next one until they've accomplished the first one. And this yeah. is especially important. And I know that you have some stickers for this too. For my five-year-old with hearing loss who also has ADHD with the emphasis on the H. And, you know, especially like morning time, like you said, he's not like trying to misbehave but he wakes up and he's supposed to like put on his clothes first thing and it's like I see a toy that I want to play with Mm -hmm. you know this like the shades need to go up even though they don't need to and he like more easily than my other kids like gets off track and this Mm -hmm. is a concrete visual where I can bring him back to and point and say get dressed (laughs) this is our first and then they can see what's next so Mm -hmm. I say okay this is what net is next. Once you get dressed, then you need to do this. And he like sees it and it reminds him of what he mm-hmm. is supposed to be doing. Yes. And then I also set up along the way, natural rewards. So like in the morning, our routine is before going to school, they have to get dressed. They have to like pick out their breakfast and then they get to watch TV mm-hmm. if they have time before school. Yeah. So school, we're leaving at the same time every day you know, and it's their choice, you know, they have this amount of time, they can play and like not get TV. And that's fine. That's their choice. Or they can choose to like get through the first, you know, part of their routine and then have the TV time before they go to school. And so I kind of set up like a natural reward, Mm -hmm. which is the TV, you know, to kind of get them to do what I want them to do, which is Mm -hmm. get dressed and eat breakfast. In a timely manner. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's a way that, that I stay use on it. task bracelet is really helpful for that too. Yeah. Because kids with ADHD will like not even remember what they were doing. They'll just like yes. go into another room and be like, why was I here? And so you were kind of building the habit of like, oh yeah, I have it on my wrist. I can just look at it. Yeah. It takes, a, it know, takes a while to become a habit, but it is very helpful. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And I think, you know, the wider thought of like, in today's world, there's so many distractions and social media, which like mm-hmm. kids are going to get on eventually as their adults, probably, you know, it, it distracts us. And I see so many like adults now who can't sit and just like get one thing done. They have like yeah. 10 things that they've started and that they, they can't finish because they keep mm-hmm. getting distracted because they're used to like the two second scroll. And that's kind of how our brains are developing. Mm -hmm. now and so what I really like about this 
with kids is it is teaching them to focus on one thing because we also know that our brains do better when you focus on one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, which is what I've tried to incorporate into like my, um, at home, mm-hmm. like when I'm like, I'm doing like my laundry, my stuff, or even when I'm like working on my business in this podcast, I mm-hmm. have been working on doing one thing at a time Yes, and then not moving on until I accomplish that thing. Instead of doing like five things at once, we like the, our world kind of like glorifies multitasking but multitasking yes. is actually not good for your brain. No, um, and it causes severe anxiety. Yeah. Like it's really not good for your mental health. And it makes it really difficult to get anything done. Right. But it takes a level of self-awareness to even recognize, I think. Yes. As a level of self-awareness that I think a lot of us are not used to having unless we've been through a bunch of therapy to recognize like that rising stress you know, is happening because we are trying to do four things at the same time. Yeah. Well, I notice that I get headaches. So when I'm trying to like do the kids, you know, do the computer for, you know, whatever I need to do for my business, do the laundry. If I'm doing too much at one time, I actually get like a tension headache, which I don't get. And that's like kind of my signal that, okay, I need to like go back to one thing at a time. Like I'm doing too much and my brain is like literally getting overloaded. And it's the same thing with kids and you have to teach them, which is what I like about the schedule to accomplish the one thing first, Mm -hmm. accomplish that Mm -hmm. task and like move on to the next task, accomplish that and then move on to the next task. And, you know, people think like multitasking, you get more done. That's not true. If you actually accomplish one thing at a time and just put all your focus on that one thing, you actually get it done faster. Mm-hmm. because you yes. have like all of your brain space on that one thing instead of like... yes <laughs> yes <laughs> and I think that's important to teach our kids at an early age is mm-hmm. how to I guess work through their day because they're gonna need those skills like, yes. they're gonna need those skills as an adult when they're you know working in a job if they're working at home especially that takes an extra level <laughs> as we yeah. both know of self-awareness and you know I like having to set up your own schedule and no one is there to like tell you what to do and to like guide you along and you know or if they're working you know at their home if they're a stay-at-home parent they've got to get this stuff done they have to get you know kids places on time and you're always going to need to as an adult like figure out a routine and you know going ahead and building those skills of like how to create a routine Mm -hmm. for yourself that works through your day and how to like get your task accomplished and like an orderly, timely way that does not cause you like anxiety and stress. Yes. I think agreed. is what this like teaches kids to do too. Mm-hmm. And I really love it. And I can share what I have. We have the routine schedule that we put on our refrigerator and we have like morning, afternoon and evening. And my kids love it. They really do, you know, look at each of the pictures and they kind of like move them over as we go by. So it kind of like is a little game. Too. And what I love about this is that it takes so much brain power off of me. Mm-hmm. Once the kids learn how to do it, they can kind of do it on their own. And honestly, this takes it out of my brain yeah. too, because I know their schedule. I'm also like naturally a very organized person, but it's still, I didn't realize till I got this schedule, how much brain space I was taking up of myself yes. of just like 
remembering the schedule, making yeah. sure everyone's like doing the schedule, even though That's we all do it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now I'm just like, okay, like it's just like out of my brain. And so now like I don't have to think about it. I can just go back to the schedule and point them back to the schedule to, you know, like what do you do next? And now I just kind of have to keep up loosely with like the time. Yes. <laughs> During yeah. The day. It's it's so it's so much freedom as a parent for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and you know, we, I try, I try to do things like, so that I don't have to do that, like mental labor, you know, by setting up reminders for myself on my phone, because I've recognized that, that having that thing just like stuck in my brain until I do it is like so stressful and so overwhelming. And I'm a single mom and I've got, and I'm a business owner and I just got like so many things to do. And our kids are also like doing that. Like we don't realize it, but they are also doing that. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, is definitely true. And just kind of like getting it out of everybody's brains and a place where everybody can see. And once again, this is communication for everybody because this is really, schedule has really empowered my husband as well. Mm -hmm. Because, like he knew the schedule, but not as well as me because I'm the one staying home with kids. And now like he can yeah. see it. And he can take the kids through their routine. That's my two-year-old. We can, he can take the kids through the routine. And like, I don't have to be there to guide him through it where I did before. I have to be there to like Mm -hmm. remind him, you know? And so it was like more stressful for me because, you know, if I want to like go out and do anything and my husband is staying with him, I have to be like, remember this, remember that. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Remember to do this. And now it's just on a schedule where- it's really communication for the whole family, yeah. which is fantastic. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, that whole mental labor piece and the like trying to get your partner to help is like a lot of that was the first adult chart I did was mm-hmm. like charts and things for adults to be able to split chores um, mm-hmm. and mental labor tasks because it's really like I think most partners want to help. Um, but, but it becomes like for the main person that is like organizing everything, being a project manager is like a full-time job. And now they're having to explain to the other partner, no, don't forget this. And like, you didn't do that. And like all these things, like the more you can, you can visually communicate without having to verbally hand things off to somebody, the less stress, like everybody is going to feel. And the less like pain points there are with like getting things done. Yeah. And I'll tell you one of the new things that I'm getting ready to set up that I just got in the mail from you is routine stickers. So Mm -hmm. I have shut up on my, my refrigerator, a, let me put my two-year-old down for a second. Go, 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 go. (laughs) So I bought like kind of like an acrylic like magnet board like Mm -hmm. a clear acrylic magnet board from amazon and it's on my refrigerator so what i'm gonna do is i'm going to use your magnets and your stickers i got like Mm -hmm. the chore expansion pack and some extra magnets and i'm going to do that and put like the kids kind of like chore chart Mm -hmm. on it and i'm gonna like write each kid's names and these are like extra chores outside of their routine you know um and then some of the chores the ones that are like bigger like clean the bathroom or re- mm-hmm. there's some of the chores that take more because my kids are younger to do. I'm going to like 
give them a little bit of an allowance, like if they choose to do it, like a quarter or cool. something, because they're little right now. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. it, you know, and so then they can start understanding like how to kind of like manage a job <laughs> and manage yes money. And, you know, they are going to have to, they're, they're going to have to do it well, though. They're going to have to finish it. They're going to have to do it well to like get their money. They're going to have to like mm eventually -hmm. invoice us, all this stuff. But Because one of the things I've been working with like a parent coach on just like my kids listening a little bit better and just like tightening up our routines. And one thing she told me is that she thinks that my kids are actually asking for more responsibility in the house. And so that was not something that I realized that a lot of times kids act out and what they actually want you to do is give them more responsibility. And that is true. And once I started giving them more chores to do, they actually started listening better and behaving better. And so it's like, once again, kids won't tell you, <laughs> I want more chores. They're going to tell you, no, I don't want more chores, but they do want like ownership and, and they do want to at the core be more and more independent as they get older, because that's like the natural development process is for them to get more and more independent. And so, you know, this is like a visual way that we're going to like set up the chores for each kid to do, you know, at their level, you know, so That actually, in the, like I love free that. time they can do. Yeah. That's <laughs> great. So, That actually and this is like is, outside the routine. Yeah. yes. And that actually brings me to that third chart that I was mentioning earlier, which is our task chart. So that's basically a to-do list. So there's two I bought that columns. one too. Nice. <laughs> so it's like to-do and done. And there's two different sides of it. And so you can split that chart between siblings. You can split it between daily and weekly chores. So as they get older and they're looking for that responsibility, they're able to see what tasks need to be done, not as part of their routine, but as like a separate thing and move those things. And it's not just chores. You can use this. We had a viral product uh, called the Room Reset, and I co-created co this with um, a TikTok therapist named Casey Davis. And the first one was for kids, and it's basically like breaking down cleaning a room. into manageable steps so kids learn how to do a bigger task by breaking it down into steps because if you just tell a child to clean a room and you don't teach them how to do it again like it doesn't stay in their head they don't know how to do it it's really overwhelming and that's why they're melting down so we have a version of that for kids we have a version for adults um, it's really flexible and you can just move things like even if you're using it as an adult you have your like you know, chores list that you need to accomplish, you know, during the week, you move those to the day that you're going to do it on the weekly calendar. And then, you know, when it gets to that day, you add it to the daily, like part of the routine. So it's really like it all kind of like works together. And you can, as you were saying, like you've started with the daily and now you're moving into, you know, things that are outside of the daily. So you can adapt it as they get older. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I actually also, I think I, I bought hers pack, but for adults. So I bought Oh, like nice. two of the like to do's, which Yeah. is the next thing I'm going to set up and <laughs> it's on my living room table downstairs and the sticker pack for adults to divide up the adult chores and household that I'm going to get together with my husband. I think it's important to know to do this together with your partner or spouse Yes. because they need a voice and like what they're going to be doing. But I mean, I basically said we've been doing fine by basically said we need a more clear 
understanding just of like who is doing what because we are we're both doing stuff he does the dishes sometimes I do them sometimes yeah. he takes out the trash sometimes you know we all do it yeah. but like it's kind of like okay are you gonna do it I'm gonna do it you know there's it's not like going as smoothly especially when you're also managing all the kids yes. all day I mean it's a lot yes. to manage a household and so that extra communication mm -hmm. with your spouse to say okay like these are your things and these are my chores you know and yes. so you know what you need to accomplish they know what they want to accomplish and I think that really empowers like your partner and spouse too to yes. also like participate in the family because I think what we do you know I'm speaking from the mom perspective but it can be a stay-at-home dad too whoever is like the most in charge of like the kids in the house kind I mean has a lot on them but also tends to just kind of like top down tell yes. everybody what to do yes. you know what I mean and so what I am trying to do and develop with your charts is delegate out okay what can my kids do to help me yeah. you know what can my spouse do to take ownership in this community that is our home <laughs> mm -hmm. because everyone yes. needs to work together it shouldn't just be yes. one person doing yeah. everything everyone should have their part and I think it really empowers the spouse to understand like the kids schedule and know like okay I can do that and then also understand okay I'm like in chart you know these are the things that I'm in charge of. These are the things that you're in charge mm -hmm. of. It really like more efficiently splits up the labor in the household. And honestly, I mean, it has worked great as far as like getting my kids to do extra stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was just like sitting on the couch a few days ago because like my kids were like vacuuming in my floor <laughs> because they wow. love doing that. My five-year-old awesome. loves to vacuum. And I was just sitting here. I was like, what do I do? I was like, I don't have anything to do right now. <laughs> That's so great. My kids are doing it for me. I was like, this is an unlock. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that, that's like, awesome. I want them to put me out of a job. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. Yeah, so I'm saying well, that up too. That's great. I think we we don't really talk enough about just how difficult it is to run a household, how many things there are, and how when, when you are two people who were raised completely different ways, yes. you have different ways of doing things. You have different ways that you saw your parents doing things when you grew up. And, and so melting those things together requires a lot of like problem solving and conversation. Otherwise, one person does just end up doing it all because they don't like how the other person did it. And you're not trying to find, oh, because you've got so many other things to do. Like it become, it can become a really big pain point in a relationship. You know, these things that you have to do every day, building resentment and all these things. And it's like, really, we just needed a better way to communicate about it and to take the time to do it. And then a lot of those problems get better. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I've been there with my husband before where I'm like, mad because he didn't do this that, or other and he was like well I didn't know that you wanted me to do it mm -hmm. or you know I didn't know that there was like a time frame because we also have to recognize that different mm -hmm. people do things on different time yes. frames <laughs> <laughs> so the things that I want done right now my spouse doesn't think like needs to be done right now and yeah. that and, and that's fine so that's where this comes in where you can say okay this is like my division this is your division mm -hmm. you get it done in your like appropriate time because you're an adult and mm -hmm. you shouldn't be like babying another adult it's uh, it's not your job to tell another adult what to do yes. it's not their job to tell you what to do you know what I mean so totally. this like kind of like just splits splits that up in a more like efficient and obvious way
Yes. I have seen some adults use both the, you know, task chart, which is the to-do done one in combination with their own weekly schedules. So as a way of saying like, oh, Tim said he was going to mow the lawn and here it is three days later, it's not even done. So they got the weekly charts so that each person had their own weekly chart for their chores. And they've like literally scheduled out when they were going to do it. So there's no like, oh, Tim's planning to do that tomorrow. Okay, that's fine. It doesn't, it's not on my timeline. I would have liked if it was done earlier, but like he's going to do it tomorrow and that's fine. It's going to get done. And then you know that it's at least getting done. Yes. So whether or not it's it's on the day you want it, because that's up to the other person who is doing the job, you know that at at some point this week or this month, like whatever, you know that that is being covered because it's also really easy. And this has happened to us countless times that it's easy to drop the ball on stuff and like forget to, our yard is the last thing on our minds. I'm just going to tell you my plants, my whatever is like the last thing after like we have a dog, (laughs) the kids, the house, Yes, the outside is like my least priority and is the one that I forget we forget about the most, you know, mm-hmm. so you can easily like drop the ball and just everything that you're doing in the day without like this visual reminder. And then it's like, you know, five months and you're like, I haven't changed the air filters. Right. In the house, you know, cause you don't think about that all the time. And right now we're getting yes. like asthma or something, you know, <laughs> it has to be a really painful situation. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so that it kind of also, it, helps you organize your household so that you're not dropping the ball on things that need to keep moving on all of the moving parts in the household, which is why I love your schedules. (laughs) And now once I started one, like the routine, the kids routine is like the gateway. Now I'm like, (laughs) I want them all. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's, it really, it seems like it shouldn't be so helpful. And I think that's the thing that really kind of like blew my mind about it. I kept thinking like, this is really simple. Like, I don't think this is really going to make that big of a difference, especially because we have these phones and we're like, there's an app for that. But, you know, just because things are digital and we have the ability to make things digital does not make that the better way to do it. Like it needs to be in your face. And I think this is something neurodivergent people recognize that the, you know, the rest of the world is kind of catching up on is like out of sight, out of mind means that often it does not get done. If it comes up as a reminder that we can just dismiss, might as well just not get done. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. So I would love to just real quick, we've kind of touched on it, but um, I would love to just like go through like a little bullet point list for parents who are listening. Okay. Visual schedule. How is this going to transform your whole life? I think it is it. I mean, for kids, it's going to give them a sense of ownership and a sense of control so that they are not nagging you. They're not acting out as much. They are able to take on independence and take stuff off your plate and they're just going to feel better. So they're not going to be as big of a pain in the butt. And then it's for the weekly one, I would say it's definitely going to reduce their level of anxiety, the number of questions that they ask, that's going to give them things to look forward to and be excited about, and then give them an opportunity to talk about the things that, you know, might be stressing them out so that they are reminded that they have a place to ask questions. 
And then for adults, I would just say like it will improve the communication in your household to the point where there's less fighting and less arguing and less stress and fewer pain points. Yeah, I love that. And I think I have experienced like all of those (laughs) transformations in my house. It really, you know, like you said, I I love what you just said. It's like, it doesn't feel like this should work, Mm -hmm. but it really does work. And so one thing I want to touch on real quick, because I know you said that you've had some parents use it from like elementary and now they're using Mm -hmm. it with their teens. So this is really like an investment thing that isn't only for little kids. And so I would love to talk about how we can scaffold this. So I have a two-year-old right now. Uh, She's my youngest. So how can I use this for my two-year-old, my five-year-old, my eight-year-old, and how can I like keep using it as they grow into like preteens and teenagers? Like how can we scaffold this for all ages? Yeah. Um, I think you can use a daily routine chart for kids of all of those ages, they have different routines. So they often need their own chart. I would say that it will work better if they have their own chart, because then they have a sense of ownership over it. And, you know, siblings often don't like to share. We just like things better when they're ours. So you can use, it just changes their routine changes as they get older. So you can switch out the stickers. Um, They probably don't need to learn to remind um, to flush the toilet, you know, when they're 10. Uh, Although I don't know, now I'm thinking about it. Um, my daughter is 13 now, so I introduced this calendar to her when she was two and a half and I thought maybe she didn't need it anymore. And we had like two years ago, she just like kind of had a meltdown and she was like, you do this for a living and I don't know where my calendar is. And I just don't understand how, I don't know what's going on. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, you're 12 and I just didn't take, we had moved. I didn't take it out. So there's kind of like this weird bell curve where like stickers are cool when you're like up until you're like 10 or 11, then they get lame between like 12 and, you know, 18 and then they get cool again. So the magnets are also dry erase friendly. So you can write directly on them or you can write directly on the calendar using dry or wet erase or even Sharpie um, if you have the same thing happening every week. So during the teen years, you usually just use the board and the magnets and not the stickers, um, depending on the kid, and just write directly on it. And then adults are using it with with adults, adulty stickers. Um, but a lot of adulties, adults are like, I want kid-like stickers for grown-ups. So we might have like an adulty adult version at some point and like a kid at heart version. So you really, it, it's super flexible for, for the age. And we have stickers for so many different things that, you know, when they're in their teens and, you know, there's soccer practice and soccer games and school and homework and all of these things, you know, you really can just like, it grows with your kids. Yeah, I love that. And I'm thinking, you know, as kids, mine aren't there yet, but I did used to teach high school. I was a high school teacher back in the day is my original job. Yeah. So I've been around teenagers and, you know, what I am also thinking just to add on to that is, you know, the routine schedule, you know, like you were kind of touching on is that as they get into be the teens, 
they, they start being responsible for like creating their own schedule. So you Mm -hmm. don't really need to like be, or shouldn't have to be like as involved. You're kind of more like an overseer, you know, whereas with the younger kids, you're like making the schedule with them, you know, you're explaining to them like what a routine is. You have to do one thing at a time. You start with the first Mm -hmm. thing you're kind of training them, but then yeah, as a teenager, they should start working on creating their own routine because they're going to have to do that as an adult in like a few short years if they're a teenager on their own. And that is, you know, I said, if you work, you you have to create like a work routine to make sure you get your work done in a timely manner. And, you know, it's really about once you get to like the teen and older kids, like time management. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like you said, you've got the extracurriculars, the school project, the this, the that. So like, how are you going to get it all done this week? And how, and how are you going to like micro get it done today? Yes. Right. So like, you have like the daily and then you have the weekly. What do I need to do? Okay. And then, so like, how are you going to like break this up further into like mm-hmm. daily tasks? So it's almost yes. like subtask, which is really great for teenagers to start learning how to do. And then ideally they would do that like on their own. So mm-hmm. you don't need to be involved. And also I think you can always up level like the chore chart. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like I was talking about kind of with my kids, my kids are little, but like with teenagers and stuff, you can be like, here are the chores for the week outside of your regular chores. You know, you can assign like a money value to each chore (laughs) and, you know, tell them if they want to earn extra money, like take a magnet, you know, do the chore and then like invoice me. Yes. You know, and then, you know, let me know that it's done. So they start taking it kind of like having a job as well. And they start taking ownership over more things in the house, but also kind of learning how to like manage money that they're getting. So then you can start talking about like financial management. And now I'm giving you this money. Like now, what are you going to do with it? (laughs) And that can sound like such a huge project. Like so many of the things in parenthood are just like, I want to teach my kids this, but it's just like such a big thing. But I think that's the other benefit of this is like, we've done all of the mental labor for you. Like, especially when it comes to like, okay, how do I teach my kid how to clean a room? Like we may not have been taught how to clean a room, like the sticker sheet has the instructions on it. So you're not, you're not like having to do all of this, like mental labor of like managing this giant thing, like the adult one, as far as dividing labor, we're like, how do we even start doing that? It's like, well, there's four different sticker sheets that has instructions on each one to kind of guide you through it so that it doesn't become this like huge, overwhelming thing where, you you know, you can create stickers, you know, we have blank stickers. You could create one for like, make the invoice, like all the things. So you're not like having to go through this whole thing every single time for this cool thing that you want to do with your family. Yeah. I love that. You can do like subtasks and it kind of like walks you through Mm -hmm. like the micro like task. Yeah. I really love that, which is great for people who have trouble visualizing. Okay. Like I have this big thing I need to do and like, how do I break it up into parts? Mm -hmm. And so that really like breaks it into parts for them too. Yeah. Or kids and for adults, which is why I really love, you know, that you're starting to like do this for adults too, because I think it's so helpful for them as well. Mm -hmm. So my kind of last question to focus on is how, can this visual schedule help with like communication with kids who are deaf or hard of hearing? 
You know, I think I'm not, I think you might know more than I do about that, but my daughter wears hearing aids and you can incorporate the caring of the hearing aids into the routine. You know, when she first got them, she was in first grade and it was new for both of us to like know how to care for them to make sure that they were, the batteries were replaced every night. Now it's a charger instead of batteries. If you have a cochlear implant, we talked earlier offline about, you know, making sure that you've like taken it apart and put it where it goes at night so that it's, you know, in the drying thing, you know, so there's all of these parts of, of that where you're teaching them habits to care for themselves, for themselves and for their specific thing that they need to learn, you know, as they grow up about how to take care of their themselves. So I think that is really helpful. Yes. Yeah, I love a sticker that. For the audiologist. <laughs> Oh, you do? Oh, yay. And I saw that you have the hearing aid stickers too, which is so fun. Yeah. yeah it, and it, it is caring for your devices and like going to an audiologist are extra things that our deaf and hard of hearing kids are going to have to do that like other kids who don't have these devices, like don't have to do. It's like a few extra steps, but mm -hmm. it's important to, you know, do those things, go to, to the audiologist, make sure like your hearing helps. <laughs> is good, which is something that other people, you know, who don't, who are not deaf or hard of hearing, like don't have to think about. And so it kind of like brings in that awareness. And I think it also for our deaf and hard of hearing kids helps communicate when there's like a communication gap, you know, so if your child is a little bit younger, perhaps, or, you know, was identified as hard of hearing, like later in life and their communication, like their language skills are not as developed yet this serves as like an extra way to communicate with them, like their routine and what's coming up. So if they can't like verbally understand you right now, because of that communication gap, this kind of like fills it in, which is what that really does for my five-year-old as well. For my other kids, it keeps them on track. For my five-year-old, it keeps them on track, but we do have like a communication gap as we're all like learning signs right now, but I don't know a sign for every single thing at this point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so that, but that visual, I just show him what he need to do and he knows exactly what he needs Love to that. do. And so it kind of covers that communication gap for them too. Very cool. I love that. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. The one last little question I usually ask my guests is, what is like one tip or piece of advice or encouragement um, that you can give parents? I think I, we've been through a lot. You know, I'm a single mom. I'm cancer, cancer survivor. You know, we've just gone through a lot. And I think it's that the kids are going to be okay. You know, my daughter is 13. I worried a lot when she was little and she was going through all of these challenges, you know, was I, was she going to be scarred for life, you know, by all of these things? And she is, she's turned out to be one of the most incredible humans. I genuinely like hanging out with her. She's, she's just really, um, I think the challenges that she's been through have, have turned her into a more empathetic, deeply feeling kind human. So I would just say like, don't worry too much. Like if you're listening to this podcast, you're the kind of parent who cares. And that is, you know, what it takes is a parent who cares and who does their best and your kids are going to be okay. 
No, oh, I love that. Thank you so much for that encouragement, Sarah. And thanks for coming on the podcast. This was so Thank you fun. for having me. This has been great. Thank you so much. Hey, Mama. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, would you take 30 seconds and subscribe to this podcast? I never want you to miss an episode and to be without valuable information to help you and your family. Also, please leave a quick written review for the show on Apple Podcasts. It lights me up to know this podcast is helping you. Now go check off the rest of your to-do so you can love on your family today. And I'll meet you here every Tuesday and Thursday for podcast episodes to support your whole family in language learning. Ciao, Mama!